Welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Body Podcast. Hello, it's me, Inez Vai. I'm a fitness and nutrition coach helping women to get to their dream body through food freedom and building really positive, resilient mindsets so that they can not only feel confident in their skin, but also feel confident in every single area of their life. And today I am so excited to be introducing one of my old clients and now treasured friends, Danielle. I had the pleasure of doing some one-on-one coaching and then into Peaceful Body with Danielle last year in 2019. And Honestly, she has come so far. She has really had so many experiences that I'm just so proud of how far she has come. And even with all of the different spanners that have been thrown in the works for Danielle, she's really just risen above it. And, you know, she's definitely still on the journey of healing and processing, but I just honor her so much for being so open and vulnerable because a huge step of really healing and really allowing yourself to be the best version of yourself is coming out like this, like really allowing yourself to be fully in your truth, to be seen, to be so vulnerable. And I'm just so proud of you, Danielle. So in this episode, we speak about Danielle's, uh, you know, experiences that she's had with multiple surgeries, losing family members, losing relationships, and then really kind of rising up like a phoenix from the ashes to be where she is now, where she feels like she's finally on the right track. She's starting to accept her body. She's eating more food and she just is setting big goals and dreams for her that are now possible for her because she's not so stressed about being thinner all the time and her whole focus isn't on being thinner. Her focus is really on creating those connections around her, on building a life that she feels really proud of. And it was just such a pleasure to have Danielle to come on because obviously, like I said, I got to work with her last year in The Peaceful Body, but I have um, not worked with her since. So to kind of see her now and see how far she's come, it's just Oh, makes my heart burst. So enjoy this episode. It's a really, really honest episode. So it's definitely we get deep into this episode and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. If you enjoy it, I would absolutely love if you could take a screenshot and share it to your story so that other people can also be inspired by this beautiful story that Danielle has so lovingly shared. And it just means the world to me when I see you sharing your um, sharing this podcast with your friends. Hello, welcome back to the Peaceful Body Podcast. Today I am joined by a very special guest who is one of my old clients and now one of my beautiful friends that I'm so grateful for. Hello, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> yes, I'm really good. I li- I have to say I'm so grateful that you reached out to me and was like, I really want to share my story. And as soon as you said that, my whole body was like, yes, this is freaking perfect. And it came at the best time as well, because I had just done this. If you want to know the BTS of podcasting, what always happens is that I'll have like a backlog of interviews for ages. And then all of a sudden I won't have anything for the next week. So you just literally came at the perfect moment. And I am so honored to have this platform to be able to share your story because the journey you have been on has been so amazing. And I was really glad to get to support you. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Anyway, big, long um, welcome. How's your morning been so far? Yeah, it's been good. Just a really chilled out one. Went and trained, then came home, caught up on Meredith at first sight. Oh. <laughs> and then, yeah, now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. I've actually not watched Married at First Sight yet. Well, to be honest, I never watched those TV shows or anything, but I knew one of the contestants on this. I was like, may as well give it a go. And now I'm addicted. Yeah, so. it's, one of the, it's one of those things where if you watch like one episode, you just become obsessed. Yeah. It's probably not the best habit to get into, but 
have actually enjoyed it. So yeah, I feel like it's good to have like one or two shows that you can just like put on and you don't really have to think about it. And like I don't yeah. know, I was watching um like when I used to watch Game of Thrones, it used to make me feel like really like stressed and like it was so good, but then I wouldn't be able to fall asleep afterwards because I'd be so like <laughs> thinking about it and there was like all these like gory scenes. Whereas I feel like Married at First Sight, it, like it's so relaxing, you know what I mean? And yeah. you need that sometimes, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. No, it was good. Love it. Sounds like an amazing morning. Okay, so I thought before we like dive into the serious stuff, I have these cards that one of my friends from the gym gifted me, which I am so honored. So I don't know if you've heard of the Bobo and Flex show. It's like a podcast. No, I haven't. No, that's all right. It doesn't matter. Um, it's one of my favorite podcasts and has literally like saved my life. I found it like a few weeks ago. And this is like kind of like a crazy stars aligned story as well. One of my friends bought me these cards who are flex cards, like from one half of that podcast. I had never even told her that I was listening to the podcast. She literally just came one day and was like, happy birthday and gave me these cards. So it's a bit random out of context, but basically the cards are, um, they're kind of like thinking questions. And I thought it would be really cool to like start off like that a little bit different because the questions are quite like, I don't know, they're just like deep questions. So I'll have a little look through them and I'll give you like an example okay this is a fun one to start off with. <laughs> hopefully you um can think of this because actually I don't even know if I can think of this but anyway who was your first celebrity crush and what attracted you to that person um Zach Efron yes. <laughs> every girl would say that but um I don't even know he was just so good looking and he keeps getting more good looking as the years go on so there you go. Tell me about it. <laughs> Aging like a fine wine. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was yeah. High School Musical where you first fell in love? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still addicted to it to this day. I don't care what anyone really? says. <laughs> oh, that's so it. funny. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Me and my uh, sister used to like dance to it. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Everything. We make up dances. It was so fun. <laughs> oh, there is yeah. nothing better than like a good sing-along. Yeah, that's it. And then you got, wait, he was in Hairspray as well. <laughs> and then he's been Zac in... Zac Efron's in Hairspray? Yeah. I don't know. I'm really bad with, like, celebrity names and stuff uh, like that. So maybe I need to watch it again. Definitely. <laughs> Would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> Any movie that he's in. So interesting. The first person that came to mind for me was Heath Ledger, R.I.P. Loved yeah. him because my favorite yeah. movie, I don't, I mustn't have watched it that young, but my favorite movie and still is to this day is 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, 100%. Best movie ever. Absolute classic. And literally just like it. fell in love with him from then on in. And I remember I like went overseas one year, came home and like he, you know, died. And I just was in so, yeah. such shock because like I didn't hear the news and one of my friends just like casually dropped it to me and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Me, Zach Efron was to ever die. Miserable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. (laughs) Well, how old is he now? I have no idea. Mm. Well, hopefully he's approaching 30, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, what's another question? Some of these are real that was like a chill one. Okay, would you rather live without love or money? Money. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think purely because money is just that like um materialistic kind of thing whereas like love is you can I don't know you get so much more from it more support yeah can't buy happiness so 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously money does give a sense of security and it's really fun to have money and whatever. But imagine if you're like a millionaire and you don't even have family or you don't have anyone you can call. Like, yeah. Be lonely, lonely, miserable. It's not, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. not ideal. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, money. I so agree with that. Okay. Last question. After death, would you relive your life or start as someone else? Oh, that's so hard. I know. I went from, like, easy to, like, super hard. I know. Um, Look, I would love to start as someone else but have, like, all the good things that, like, have happened in my life. I would love to relive that again. But, yeah, without the negative stuff that I've gone through, I guess. Mm -hmm. Then again, it's made me stronger. So I don't really know. I'm kind of, like, sitting on the fence with that one. Mm. Yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? Like, I feel like... It would be interesting, actually, for me. I, I've been thinking a lot about, like, the pay gap and, like, just yeah. equality. And it would be interesting to be a man for me, just to, like, know what it's like to, you know, yes. walk down the street and not be, like, wolf-whistled at or to just, like, feel safe all the time or just to, like, yeah. have things handed to you. Like, that's what I think would be interesting. But I feel like I also love being a woman. So, yeah, that's a yeah. it's so hard Mm. but yeah definitely would love to relive my life but yeah I don't know there's just so much negative I guess that's going on so Mm -hmm. I would love to like not have that again (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean I guess this is a really good segue into your journey actually that works out really well because (laughs) even since I've met you like when I met you already I was like so um what's the word like inspired I guess by how much you have been through and like how strong you have become because honestly like of course I people always ask me like oh do you wish you like never went through your eating disorder or do you wish you know things were easier for you or whatever and like exactly what you said yeah it sucked that it happened but it so makes you the person that you are today and yeah that's really a testament to you and everything that you've been through and the person that you've become now as well so I guess do you want to explain like what I'm even talking about because I'm probably sounding really cryptic um take us back to your journey and yeah I guess where like all the eating stuff started or yeah or like I don't know where do you feel like your your journey of like growth began like when you were kind of like this challenge is forcing me to grow if that makes sense I think like as you would be aware um my nana passed away a few years ago a couple years ago now um and that was probably this oh I think no take that back so the start of my eating um started yeah two years ago um I had this growth um in my mouth on the palate of my mouth where I had to get that removed um at this time, my nana was in hospital as well, so it was quite a rough time for me. But, um, yeah, so she passed away and then I was on liquids for quite some time, so I lost a hell of a lot of weight really quickly. I was getting – I was in, like – I was in a relationship at the time as well where um, it was pretty rocky. It was up and down um, and I was getting a lot of validation from a lot of people as well after losing all this mm. weight. And then I was just like, I felt like I was competing for my partner's attention at the time. So I just kind of kept going with it. And yeah, that I guess led to us separating, breaking up. Um, Mind you, we still are friends to this day. So I am kind of grateful for that too. Really grateful for that. Um, But yeah, I just, I was working at Jetstar. So my hours are quite rigid and I've had this massive focus on food. 
like that was all I really had routine in and I kind of took that to the extreme but without knowing it at the same time Mm. um yeah I left that job and then went into real estate as well at this time I was sitting around 45 46 kilos which was tiny for me Mm -hmm. Um, which I had nothing on me none of my clothes were fitting me I was wearing jumpers in summer like it was not a good time um working full-time in a in in real estate it's they bully you like I felt I was really badly bullied every day I went in there crying um and then I left there, didn't have a job for two months. And I was, this was like the point where I had pneumonia, everything, like everything kind of, kind of come tumbling down. I lost a lot of friends and everything, but um, yeah, it's when I reached out to you. So <laughs> yeah, everything kind of started going uphill from there. But um, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was working with a trainer and nutritionist um, and then financially obviously couldn't afford it for a while not working um yeah I don't even know what it's going now but I've gained about almost 10 kilos now which is amazing I have my brother looking after my training and nutrition and yeah everything's kind of going uphill got a new job which I'm loving and then but yeah it's definitely an ongoing journey it's not easy at all Mm. I struggle like daily struggles but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're on the journey of growth and like for you to even come on this podcast yeah. and talk about it. So yeah. freaking proud of you. And that's exactly I why know. I wanted to talk to you because I know that so many women go through this um journey of losing weight. And I think what's so interesting about your journey is that that initial weight loss wasn't really intentional, was it? No. So like I was having like a few little moments where I was binging, purging, everything like that, um, which I haven't never admitted to anyone. So that's a big step in itself. But, um, yeah, it just went, just spiralled really quickly out of control, especially when you haven't got any routine. You've got so many days off. You're training hard. You're competing for other people's attention um, and love and just, like, you just want to be complimented by people. And then I was getting so much validation. So that's why I did start like, out of control. And I, just, I still have a lot of control over what I'm eating. I'm still weighing everything out, but I'm eating a hell of a lot more. And with the support of like family and stuff too, especially my brother. So yeah, mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Yeah. And I guess like when you're in that situation of when you found out about that growth in your, um, the palate of your mouth, can you explain that a little yeah. bit more? Like what how you found it out and what, what, like, what was the symptoms and then what was the process of, like, getting it taken out? Yeah, so I had an ulcer, what I thought was an ulcer on the roof of my mouth, um, which was not the case. I had it there for about three months before I was like, I'm going to go to the dentist. Out of all people, I'm going to go to the dentist for this because it's to do with your mouth kind of thing. And then he was like, no, this is not okay. I'm sending you to this person, which, funnily enough, um, my auntie had to get a cancer removed a few oh, five years prior. So I had all my trust in him because I know he looked after my family so well, which I'm beyond grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he booked me in the following week to get it taken out. Wow. And then this was just before wow. Christmas as well. So I was on liquids, yeah. So I was on liquids um, all throughout Christmas and pretty much all into January and February. My um, 
the recovery was not meant to be that long. A few weeks after that, um, so just before I got it taken out, no, just after my nana passed away. So a mass, like a really, really hard time. It still is because she was like my best mate. Mm. But um, I had an artery bleed because I was crying so much that I burst the artery and I was rushing to hospital again. <laughs> um, and this time it was when I was with my partner, it was really rocky. I was crying over that as well. It just wasn't feeling the support that I needed. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of emotion going on, which did burst the artery, which led me into hospital and prolonged my recovery, which means I was on liquids for a very long time. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty mm. much it. It's all healed now. Did have to go in again last, just before last Christmas again, but with a better headspace this time. Mm. Oh, my God. So. Actually, I would love to know, like, when you went yeah. back into hospital, <laughs> even though it's, like, so rough to have to go back into hospital, yeah, it give you kind of, like, a nice reflection to be like wow I am literally in such a different headspace and what how could you what could you notice between the last like the first time you were in hospital and the last time you were in hospital could you notice some differences yeah so I had a ton of support um I was in a really good working place like with I work at Cool Guys so the girls there were so supportive my managers were like don't worry there is a spot here for you when you get back which was like the best thing to hear for me a lot of reassurance yeah um I knew the severity of it and I knew what I was in for so I think the um with the first time I didn't know what to expect mm. I didn't know how long the recovery was going to be I didn't know like I knew I was going to lose my nana um but yeah I didn't think I think this time not being in a relationship or not yeah I had support still um me and my brother we lost a lot of our relationship over the last couple of years um purely because I pushed him away he probably I don't know how he felt about me when I was going through that like the hard time of my eating disorder um yeah we both just didn't connect at all so he moved back home didn't see a lot of him um when I did train at the gym when I was in that way he didn't really give me that respect or not respect he didn't really show me any form of relationship or love or support or anything um but this time going through it I was living at mum's where he was too and he was yeah sitting down with me talking to me we like I told him all my triggers and everything we kind of like sat down and hashed it all out and now he's my trainer my coach my best mate again my brother Mm. so like he wears a lot of hats now and I guess I have to as well just to make sure that relationship does stay really good. Um, so, yeah, the, I guess a lot has changed mentally, which made me see that I, yeah, my support system is, like, crazy big and I'm so grateful for my family and stuff. So a lot of relationships have been rebuilt again. So mm, yeah, yeah, and I guess that's, like, why when we talk about challenges, there's always some sort of benefit to come from it. And I feel like initially when you went through this, um, you know, getting the growth taken out, your Nana passing away, like all of these things, you know, having this really rocky relationship, probably the way that you coped with it because you didn't have that like resilient mindset. You didn't have the tools was to like ice everyone out. Right. And then you realized you like really hit rock bottom and you're like, the only way up is like through and showing it. So what was the process, I guess, of kind of like did you have this moment where you're like, I, I need to be more vulnerable, otherwise I'm literally not going to have anyone around me? Um, when I was, like, extremely 
unwell, sitting at 45, like pneumonia, everything. I did push everyone away because I was like, mm. no, nope, I'm fine. I was denying it, denying it, denying it. Um, I didn't think there was anything wrong with me. All I wanted to do was get thinner. And I was like, the thinner, the better, the thinner, the better. And I was like, every time I weighed myself in, if I had gained, like, gained even 100 grams, I would sit there mm. and cry. And I was like, so my thing is, and I still have to like reassure myself um, that the more you weigh, like to, the way I see it, the more I weigh, the more unloved I'm going to be. Mm. But I have to keep telling myself it's actually the other way around. The more I weigh, the more space I take up. Mm. Like people get to see the better part of me. Just seeing how upset mum was and seeing how like I destroyed a lot of family relationships I wasn't getting invited over to my dad's anymore mm. for dinner um even though he sent me like beautiful photos of like when I was younger and like he always told me how gorgeous I was and everything I just I lost a lot of family to it and I didn't see my cousins for months I didn't they didn't invite me out anymore and I was like you know what there is something wrong with me I do need to go see someone mm. and I lost a lot of friends um I think this was a time where I did reach out to you because I knew what the program that you offered and everything and it was like about making friendships and stuff too mm-hmm. so yeah that was kind of like all right I need to do something about this so, mm. yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing so vulnerably because I know <laughs> I, mean, I went through this phase as well when I kind of left school and all of a sudden I like didn't really I was like who even am I and then once you start to like because it was really easy for me as well to like push everyone away and to not really tell anyone my feelings. And then last year I had quite a dive with my mental health, maybe in like, I don't know, earlier on in the year. And at that point I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to see anyone. Like I didn't even tell my parents. Like when I first went to go and see a psychologist, I was terrified that they would be like, you're not unwell enough. Like you're being a drama queen, whatever. So it was easier for me to just like put up all of these walls. And I remember going to see my psych being like, my family doesn't support me. Like, because I think, and I don't know if you were like this as well, because when I was in the middle of experiencing this like real law on my mental health, I thought that I was like, just not coping or like I wasn't strong enough and to let my family in to see that it would be like admitting that I'd failed something whereas yeah what I then realized once I was like given the tools by someone else was that actually being vulnerable and being open means that you are letting in that support and you're actually allowing yourself to be supported and I went through this whole journey of realizing that the support was always there and it really was only me that was holding myself back do you feel like that's similar to you Um, yes, I think that I always knew mum was there to support Mm -hmm. me. And I think, um, I don't know, I had these, like, when I was going in and out of the doctors when I had pneumonia, because I was so unwell, mum was coming down every single day. She was bringing me smoothies, everything, because I just didn't have the stomach to eat anything. I was, like, getting temperatures, like, really crazy high. Mm -hmm. My auntie was coming over, like, dropping me off food and everything, which... They did drop me off here, but I just didn't eat it because I was like, no, 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 I'm going to get thinner through this. I'm going to get thinner through this. So Even whilst you have pneumonia. Oh, my God. Oh yeah. No, it was so bad. Um, but I knew I had the support there, um, but I did. I pushed them away because I was just like, no, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was just I started seeing how emotional I was getting through it. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I knew I had to do something and mum booked me in to go get 
like to find a psychologist and everything like that, which I just made sure I did because I wasn't living at home at this time. So I had absolutely nobody with me. Um, but yeah, I just, mm. ever since then, me and my mummy like being like best friends again. We do have our moments, like we all do with our parents, but like my mummy's my best friend. My brother is now my best friend again. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, there's okay. nothing like a traumatic experience to really bring that bond closer. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I think like the hardest thing is that I know mum struggled with is because my parents, I don't talk. Like it's very hard to kind of like talk to one of them and then not have the other note because you just don't have that same relationship. Mm. So I have been making sure this year that I have been going over to my dad's and really like having that deeper conversation with him and having him understand a lot more where I'm at. But, yeah, not having them talk, especially when I was so sick, was probably the hardest thing for me. So, yeah. Mm, Because then did you feel like you were constantly having to be vulnerable and open to one person and then the same thing again? So it was, like, really, like, making the universe was really being, like, this is your work. Like, really make sure you get it. Yeah, but I think what what the hardest thing was I saw mum struggle with is that she didn't, like have that support from my dad she wanted to tell dad what like what she was worried about but she couldn't do that like my stepdad he's like one of my best mates like I love him he's he's amazing but have you need to have like your daughter's dad having that same being in that same page with you and like making sure that they're both doing what they like their hardest to get me in a better place mm. everything so yeah that was definitely probably the hardest thing but um I still now, like, I've raised some progress photos now. I'm like, look where I was at. Like, look where I'm at now. Like, I hope you guys are proud of me because I'm doing this for you. Like, yes, yeah. I'm doing it for myself, but I want to make you guys proud too. So, yeah, yeah I do want both of them to be invested and involved because yeah. that's massive yeah. for me. So, Oh, that's such a good point, actually. <laughs> I think oftentimes we don't realise how much we mean to other people, essentially. So we don't yeah. think that our suffering means anything to that person and we can get really caught up in thinking like this is normal like I should be thinner I will be more lovable I will be better once I'm thinner right and because it's what we believe and it's a pattern that we've been running on for so long that becomes our normal have you watched the Taylor Swift Netflix special no I haven't Oh, okay. I only just found out about that one. Yeah, actually. you would love it. She speaks about um her own like body image eating journey as well. And she was just like, yeah. it's normal to like not like no one ever questioned me for like not eating all day or for getting thinner, like I was getting praise for it all the time. And I yes. just didn't know any different. Like I didn't know that it was a thing. Like I didn't feel like I was being damaging to myself. And it's not until you realize that it's actually causing other people pain that that yeah. kind of gives you a mirror almost and you're like hold on a second why is this causing other people pain maybe it's not healthy for me yeah yeah definitely that's yeah 100% couldn't agree more with that yeah um, I think a lot of my thing was is I wasn't doing like I wasn't I was putting myself in like obviously really bad unhealthy habit but I was doing it because I wanted validation from one person Just the one person, that's all I wanted was like, just to say that you look good or you're doing good. And I just, that's what, that's what made me kept going. And then I was like, oh yeah, I don't look good. I was looking back at photos. I was looking at myself and I'm like, what am I doing to myself? Mm. And now I'm starting to like get these little compliments and I'm like, where were you a year ago? Like, why? 
like what the hell <laughs> oh my god that's always the way isn't it like I yeah. said start to let go of someone because that's what how like manipulate manipulate can't even speak you know what I'm trying to say I can't even I'm not going to say that word again that's how like those sort of people work right they keep you there for when they're like feeling bored or lonely and then as soon as they see that you're starting to like rise up and really come into your own it's like oh I don't have power over that person anymore and they try and like lure you back by like dangling the carrot there so I would love to hear from you like how do you feel like you let go of that person's validation and started to just be like this is me and I'm gonna make myself feel healthy obviously you had your family that you were like I want to do it for them was there any other tips I guess um so with this person was like my ex-partner um I like I mean I did get a little bit of validation here and there throughout our relationship but it it was very sporadic it wasn't like you wouldn't wake up and be like hey like or get a good morning message saying good morning beautiful or something mm. simple like that it was just yeah it was very black and white like um I wouldn't say yes manipulative to an extent um but when we did end our relationship it was definitely mutual um understanding which was really good but um we didn't talk for a while and then mm mid last year he tragically lost his brother which mm. um obviously put like I was very vulnerable he was very vulnerable we did talk and I made sure I was there for him and his family and everything which 100% I still would be to this day um but I think in because that happened he has it has changed him of course it's, yeah That's it's crazy it's like yeah Oh, definitely. And um, I can see it 100%. But um, he, he is a great person. He's really wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But when we were together, it was just a wrong timing, everything. Mm. Um, wrong headspace with both. Um, yeah, it, it's a big trigger for me. Don't get me wrong. Still mm. is to this day. You honestly don't realise what you put yourself through until you see other people really hurt over it. So, but in the, in the same sense, like he's actually been probably one of the biggest supports me going through this so Mm. even though he can be a massive trigger for me it's it's crazy how I don't know he's a big support through it too so I'm very grateful for that as well oh I can totally resonate as well you know like I think um sometimes in like certain scenarios that person you get really comfortable in the relationship and you kind of like develop a lot of patterns in that person you know you might both take each other for granted and you're not kind of bringing out of each other and also you can be really supportive of each other and you were still really there for it. So there's definitely always like, especially with like past relationships, there's always that like duality with it. And I think often people get really like hung up on like, well, he did this and he did this. So he couldn't possibly do this. And it's like, no, like we are all multifaceted. We're all flawed. So actually, you know, he can be really supportive and he can just like not be the, be the right person at the right time. Oftentimes it like we need that breakup that kind of like kicks us up the bum and forces us yeah. to change because otherwise we would just stay in the same routine, right? It's it's so easy to say like, oh, like to try and make changes, but if you're not in enough pain in whatever yeah. you know, spectrum that is, you don't change, right? Exactly. No, that is so true. You do, yeah, you need that kick up the butt in order to break bad habits and especially like toxic negative ones too. You can't be in that forever. It's it's not good for anyone. It's not good for the people around you as well. So not just for the both of you. People can feel it more than you notice as well. 
yeah especially people on the outside they can see things that even like we couldn't tell mm. other people around were like we could see this we could see that I'm like oh shit what the hell now you look back on it you can actually like see that but in the same token like we have both changed so much we're both completely different people that we were a year or two ago so yeah yeah so let's talk about that like how do you feel like you've now obviously you've like gained some weight you're feeling more relaxed around food talk us through like the journey of allowing yourself to eat more food of kind of I guess going even through like peaceful body because you were obviously a member of peaceful body yeah amazing well I think that was probably the start of like the positive side to gaining weight as well it's like you're in a group of like like like-minded women no matter what journey or what disorder or just like the lack of confidence that you have in yourself like Mm. you're with people that do have like you understand each other's flaws you understand where you're at but you're making like beautiful friendships out of it too um but what I learned the most was like you can treat yourself like and you deserve to treat yourself if you want to um I before starting with you I didn't have I had a list of like bad food can't have food like um foods that will make me feel guilty but um I learned just like week by week just treating yourself even to like a little bit having two smarties instead of boxing them just Mm. like it's a starting like it's a starting point um and then yeah I was training under Chrissy at that time too and she was just like trying to um motivate me to eat a bit more which I was um I did have a few little like rebound moments where I went back into old head spaces of course as we all do no matter what journey you are on yeah I took a little bit of time off and I think like the most positive thing for me over the last year is I started doing Pilates Mm. and like I don't know it's actually changed my whole life in a sense that's like it's my own time away from everyone it's like my own safety spot and we're going to sit there and support you through that and I was like that's yes. amazing to have those kind of people around as well um but what's made me want to eat more is yeah I just didn't want to look thin anymore I was just I was tired I was so lethargic and I was always on the go 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 like I wouldn't let myself sit for down more than 10 minutes because I'm like if I sit down for 10 minutes I'm going to gain weight like mm-hmm. these are like kind of triggers and everything for me so yeah just going to reformer and stuff and then starting doing a little bit of yoga there as well it's kind of just like giving me my hope like own little time away not thinking about anything and just like focusing on what they're talking about and just having like a conversation socializing in a different kind of place um mm. yeah my brother's always been that reassuring person no matter what like who I've been training under uh, now like he's like if you eat this much this is not going to change anything if anything is just going to change the way your body is like he's like if you want to grow nice like this is what we're gonna have to do yes to do this. and I'm like okay I'll listen to you <laughs> I will eat well but in saying that I'm still I I'm not comfortable eating out I still fear that to this day. Like I've got my cousin's wedding in a month and I'm freaking out about it now. So there is definitely a lot of growth still to come and I'm not denying that. Like Mm. it is a challenge, but it's one that I'm going to have to face no matter what. But yeah, it's definitely, I'm eating like almost 2,400 calories a day. Probably I think when I started with you, I was probably sitting at like 1,200. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. it was, is it double? 
Mm. so good yeah Yeah, and like everyone's journey is going to be different right and I know for me like healing my relationship with food and you're even like got this extra layer of having gone through this really like intense surgery right that was like a very like serious surgery to go through so to recover from that and at the time it felt like the only thing you had control over was food so it's like completely letting go of your safety net which is like the control over food and then yeah. just letting yourself be like completely exposed. It's like, this is your journey. And the fact that it's only been like just over a year, like how long has it been? Yeah, pretty much. So at the start of last year, yeah, pretty much like almost coming on a year and a year and a half, almost. Yeah. Which like, like, I'm, I'm very grateful that my support, like my parents were like, we are like kicking you up the butt now and not letting me go into the stage where I had to be hospitalized mm. which I was very very close to and I was very very scared I was living by myself I was honestly yeah it was scary but I did have like a little bit of a relapse um this year um just after having my second surgery um, I went back into like a really bad headspace and yeah I I was just lucky that my brother was there and he's like, do this. Like, you need to keep drinking this. You need to keep eating as much as you can. And mum was just, like, bringing food in left, right, and centre. She was going to the shops for me to get ice cream. Like, she's like, you're not going to go back into this headspace. We're not going to let you this time. So mm. I was very lucky. But I'm, like, not going to lie. They probably know this, but my head was like, all right, let's go back. You don't need yeah. this much food anymore. Like, Yeah. So I was very scared. But um, now that I'm like back in my apartment now, it's just like everything's just falling into place again slowly. But yeah. Yeah. I would, sure. like, my, my goal is to go out and eat out. Yes. My, I was meant to be going to America this year, but I had to postpone that till next year just financially. But if anything, I'm kind of grateful for that because it does allow me to have that time to recover a bit further and continue on and hopefully – get there next year and not have to worry about a single thing so Mm. yes and I think like it's it's so fine to change your mind so often do we like think like okay well I've committed to this thing I don't know whatever like I've committed to a holiday in June or I'm I'm meant to do this like workshop or whatever yeah actually okay to be like you know what even though I feel like I should be doing it I'm gonna change my mind and I'm gonna give myself the space and that's something that I've definitely been working on like even for me I was all last year I was planning this retreat to do in like April in Byron and I was like planning it with my friend and she was going to come over from the UK and then I I know and life just like happened you know like I had a breakup I've moved out I just like all of these things happened and I'm like it feels I'm all about taking leaps and risks like if if anyone knows me I literally take so many risks and I fail all the time and I hear no's all the time and I feel like that's what's really helped me to progress and also yeah. I'm really um, now good because of going through all of those experiences. I'm really good at listening to my intuition and my gut was just like shutting down. It was just like, be grounded, stay here, get yeah. a routine again. Like just really allow yourself like the space to just like be as opposed to being like, okay, program, retreat, do, you know, doing this thing. And yeah. Cause that's been like my life for so long. I've always been like trying to do like the next exciting thing, the next exciting yeah. thing. And what I can really hear in my own body right now is like, I just get this real sense of like groundedness and like let yourself grow yeah. from the ground up. Stay as opposed, still, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to like always trying to organize the next thing. And I feel like that's really relevant for you as well because you yeah. have experienced so many things. So now it's like, well, let's be here and really just allow myself to be so grateful for the journey that I've come from. Because even you were only in hospital like a couple of months ago. 
yeah so yeah it would have been just over a month ago now I was in and out um very scary very traumatizing um it, yeah definitely had a bit of post-traumatic stress from the last time I was under because I did have that second artery bleed and everything um but yeah I'm very much the same if I have a project I want to finish it as soon as possible then move on to the next one and go 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 um but yeah I just realized that this year I just want to stay still and like for my routine with work hopefully go full-time and get into that routine properly save some money so I'm not stressed like do what I can to reduce every other stress before I do go away so I can actually sit and relax and enjoy myself enjoy the people that I'm with and eat hopefully yeah. just <laughs> yeah without having that like control over everything so mm-hmm. yeah definitely this year I'd obviously love to go away just for weekends and stuff just to build that confidence with going away and eating because I haven't had that yet um but I do yeah that's a massive step for me going away especially like halfway across the world where I don't know anyone. I'm doing a trip by myself, which I'm very much looking forward to, but it's very daunting. It's very scary mm-hmm. at the same time. So yeah, it's oh, just to get sure. there. So yeah, I mean, and there's nothing like I have done a lot of travel, and there is nothing like travel to like force yeah. yourself to get to know yourself, and you get forced to yeah. put yourself so out of your comfort zone. And I know you're just going to thrive, but I also feel like it's so right for you to just like. Yeah push it back because there's really no rush right it's always going to be an option for you so it's like yeah, it's always going to be there so yeah well, it's going to feel nerve-wracking but also yes. exciting um and speaking of leaps I know when you joined Peaceful Body that was a huge leap for you right can you talk us through like were you scared yeah. when you joined I was a little bit nervous and intimidated because I didn't know what the other girls were like or the other like I didn't know who was going to be joining us but um I was also just excited because at that time I honestly felt like I had no one like Mm. I was I had my mum and I was crying to my mum on the phone every morning every night leaving the real estate job that I had just hating life I was so like just it was probably the lowest point where I just felt alone I pushed my brother away I pushed my sister away who used to be so inseparable with both of them um a lot of my friends didn't do anything with them. I would train by myself. Um, I was lucky to have some support there with a few trainers, which was amazing. But I actually just felt like I was so lonely. So when I did join, the positive was making new friends who we still talk to. So like over Instagram and stuff, we're still like cheering each other on and everything and then like making it like an amazing friendship with you as well. It's like, I know I have that support there. And yeah, it was definitely a massive step. It was very nerve-wracking but yeah I learned a lot which was amazing and yeah (laughs) definitely I think like I've just um just launched the most recent round of Peaceful Body and so often the girls will be like oh I'm nervous like I'm really scared I don't know like because oftentimes we never really invest in ourselves in that way either and normally when people join the Peaceful Body it's the first time they've ever spent money on themselves in that yeah. respect and it's like so normal I think about this all the time how normal it is to go to uni and to put yourself under like 40k of hex debt and then to go to a job to try and pay it off and it's just like I just I find yeah. it insane and yet when it's yeah. like invest eat like a minuscule fraction of that into yourself obviously like you can't put on hex so I get that it's a bit different yeah. but still it seems like so crazy and out of whack so like I guess just for anyone that is considering investing in themselves if it's a worthwhile investment. It's going to feel scary because without that yeah. scariness, that's the pain that's forcing you to actually change and to make a commitment to yourself and step up. So yeah, I think 
to know that from you and to hear that from you from someone that was in such like a low place and you could still push through and make that investment work and show up for the cause and put yourself out there and be really honest and vulnerable if you can do it literally there are no excuses for anyone else yeah no it's so true like I was literally in the dumps like I would come home and have no one to talk. Like, I'd have my housemates. Mm. They have been absolutely amazing throughout this whole journey. Um, but, like, I just talked to mum. I was 100% grateful for that, like, best mates. Mm. But I couldn't just call a girlfriend, like, let's go for a walk. I couldn't just, like, I'd be on Instagram, but I wouldn't have anyone. Like, I wouldn't be talking to anyone, like, friends, mm. anyone. I wouldn't be able to, like, call my brother or call my dad or anything. Like, I could have. That's the thing. Like, I knew I could have done it, yeah. but would they be like actually interested in listening? I was like, no, nah, they wouldn't want a bar of me. So, I guess that was very isolating. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I'm so glad I did it. And anyone who are, like anyone out there who does need help, like it was probably best investment and really kickstarted like the recovery journey for me. So, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> very oh, lucky and grateful for you. <laughs> I love you. You're amazing. Yeah. Like you, and you're like such an like amazing support woman and like you have so much freaking potential. And I definitely know that feeling as well when you are feeling really, when you're feeling really in the dumps, you're like, no one could possibly care about me. Even though like now looking back on it, you're like, if I called someone, they probably would have like listened to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the moment you convince yourself that no one wants to talk to you. And that's kind of something that I've been learning being single, you know, it's been like two months now, like Obviously, when you're in a relationship, it's really easy to just rely on that one person to always yeah. And it was this really quite a tough transition for me to go from having that person all the time to not. And I was like, oh, who do I call? And I was like, should I be calling someone? Like, I'm not telling yeah. someone what I'm doing all the time. And it's been really in the past two weeks where I've started to become really comfortable with that. And now I don't feel as weird about, you know, calling my friend yeah. or messaging my friends because I really wasn't doing that before. And that's kind of forced me, like it was a painful lesson at the start because I was like, oh, who am I talking to now? And, you know, yeah. I work from home as well. So a lot of the time I am on my own. But now that forced me to be so much more open with my mom, with my friends, exactly. and kind of like telling my friends, which means that I'm not so codependent because that's been codependent, yeah. right? I'm not codependent on one person. And I now feel more independent than ever. And I'm just like this morning I went to the beach and I was like, isn't it so great to just be so comfortable in yes. your own I know you're rocking your bikini on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it this morning. I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna own this. Um, yeah, it's so it's such like a good feeling though. Even like I would not wear shorts to save myself in the gym the last year and a half because I had no bum, no legs, nothing. Like they wouldn't even fit me to be honest with you. But now it's like every day I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna rock the shorts today. Yes, <laughs> just gonna do it. Yeah. So tell us like, more of like the really juicy positives you've noticed over the past. I guess like especially six months. Eating more well, food, I'm obviously. Eating more food, like I'm introducing like the fear foods into my diet every time I do that it's like I went to work the other day for the first time at work there was a bunch of like dollars on the table like yes I tracked them and I made them fit but I ate them it's just like I didn't feel bad I didn't like feel upset about it so it's like you do notice baby steps as well um so yeah obviously like seeing the changes like I do have a little bum now and I'm so happy like what I've been working on for so long. And I can see that and I'm actually so happy and proud of that. Um, it is having that little bit of weight on. Um, as scary as it is and as scary as it still is, stepping on that scale every day and recording your weight. Like I've gone from 45 to almost 55 
which I waited, but today at 55, I didn't cry over it. So it's the little things that you do. Um, oh, I've got goosebumps. I'm so <laughs> proud of you because I just yeah. remember like when we first spoke, you were terrified of weighing yourself. Like you were like, if it's up even yeah. like slightly, I'll like my de- my week is ruined. So that is literally- I used to cry every day and I would weigh myself five times a day. Um, and then like over Christmas, I wasn't weighing myself because I was in bed and I was at mum's and she didn't have the same scale. So I knew there'll be different. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to weigh myself. And that was kind of relieving in a sense where like tell, asked me six months ago if I weigh myself like, yeah, five times a day, I have to wear, like weigh it at the same, like kind of weigh every day. But now it's just like, oh, you weigh in at 55.1. Let's go have coffee. Like you just yeah. go and continue on with the day. So it is a positive change. Like, and you do notice it over time as well. Um, but I think the most positive thing is like, um, like, yes, my Nana was my best friend, but now I do everything. And like when I was going down here, that's all I thought about was her. Mm. Um, so it's more the fact that like, I've made relationships with my family that are very similar to what I had with my Nana. Like my mum is now my, like my mum's always been like one of my best mates, but she is like my shoulder. My stepdad is like full, like he stepped up but he always had like stepped up like he was he's always been amazing but to have that shoulder to cry on now it's like he's very motivating encouraging like really wants the best for both me and my brother my dad like our relationship has changed so much like I'm so vulnerable with him now but it's also like it's made me not want to see my little brother go through that as well Mm. so it's like giving compliments to my brother and telling him that he looks good and like encouraging him to go out and do some stuff too so it's like I don't want him to ever go through what I went through and it's yeah and then obviously like my brother like no like from going to bed like from best mates to nothing to best mates again that's like the best thing that's ever happened yeah um, I'm like true <laughs> that is amazing yeah, yeah yeah and all of these things happened off the back yeah. of being at the rock bottom and that yeah. that is the lesson and that's the juice in it isn't it like that's why yeah. at the start of this episode we were like yeah it's, it's so shit when you're going through it but then you reflect on it and you can really see like the silver lining and yeah. if someone is going listening to this and being like I am in the rock bottom don't try and force yourself to search for the silver lining no. and you're only going to make yourself feel worse about it. Like I think no, it's just what, baby steps. Yeah. And exactly what you said before about baby steps, like every single small little accomplishment on the way, celebrate that because by celebrating yeah. even the really small things, like, you know, having lolly, like, but that's seemingly small to the outside. But for you, that's actually freaking huge to just allow yeah. yourself to have it and to not feel guilty about it. Yeah, you tracked yeah. it, but it's still like allowing yourself to do that. So the more you celebrate that, the more you're going to actually feel grateful for it, which is going to help you to do more of those steps and eventually get to a place yeah. where you do just feel completely guilt-free about food. That's coming to you. I think the the hardest thing is when you are denying it so much, it's coming out of that that stage. Um, for me, it was just changing my environment. I was living by myself. I hit rock bottom, having pneumonia, everything, left jet star, started a real estate job, bully, 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 like every day. Well, I felt that way anyway. But it's taking yourself out of those negative environments and putting yourself in a positive one. That's where you see the changes happen. Is once you're like stress-free, you've got supportive people around you. It's Yeah, and then you start to feel like, all right, you can see that they, like these people are upset and they are struggling seeing me go through something. Like, what can I do? to make them feel more comfortable and like mm. happier. You, just, you literally just take those steps for the people that you love. 
like you know that your mum would do anything if she was like she would want your support so it's like at the same time she's giving you the support that she'll need in that situation too mm. yeah yeah to put yourself you have to really put yourself in other people's shoes in that kind of sense yes yeah, yeah totally I yeah I know exactly what you mean and and having that like yeah changing your environment can literally change everything for you like and it doesn't even necessarily mean that you like have to quit your job but um and that's why like the peaceful body does work so well because it gives you a new environment to kind of express yourself in a way that you want to in a really safe spot as well and then that means you can then actually see okay well maybe this workplace isn't working for me or maybe the way that I'm you know, um, communicating my relationships isn't working for me. Like it can just be such a small thing, like a small part of your life that can then help you to like springboard off into other areas and be like, okay, I've, yeah. I've actually, this, I actually can change and I actually get to express myself more authentically. Where am I not doing that? How can I change? Exactly. Yeah. It's even just as small as going out and getting like going out and just walking yeah in the streets like getting some fresh air and just not thinking about what's bringing you down. Have that moment. Like, of just clarity mm-hmm. if it's five minutes if it's 10 minutes if it's an hour go do something for yourself and just take your mind off it and then reassess where you're at and where you, like where you can go and what your goals are and everything because that was definitely a big thing for me was writing down my goals mm. and ticking them off and like every time you tick off a goal you just want to keep going further Yes. Yes. And that's why I say you have to celebrate even every single small step on the way, because that's what makes you feel accomplished. And that's what gives you energy. And I love what you said about getting out there and walking. Like this morning, I was saying I took myself out to the beach. And again, it's been this really um, weird period in my life where like, I was so used to always going with someone else that I found myself being really passive and being like, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to invite me or to someone to suggest something. And I was like, you know, I obviously went through this grieving period of the breakup and I'm still grieving it for sure. But like where yeah. I was like, I just don't want to do anything, whatever. But like I've said the past two weeks, I'm like, oh, I don't have to wait for anyone. And I think yeah. part of that as well is because in society, we're really conditioned to believe that being productive means working long hours, working really hard, being really tired. But honestly, sometimes the most productive thing you can do is completely change your surroundings, go to the beach, go for a walk, do something that's so out of your routine, because that's when a random idea will hit you or you'll be able to see things from a different perspective. That's when you can actually like access, well, what do I truly want? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's such a big thing these days. It's like, it's such like a social, like the norm thing to go out to coffee with someone, go for a walk with someone, just always being with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. So it's actually so nice to go for a walk, go order a coffee, go for a walk, to go to the beach by yourself. It's actually like, it's that time we can actually think about where you're at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, you, so you many don't people have to think at all. Like, you can just yeah. enjoy and just. Yes, I agree. Take water. Yeah, I love that. Always have to be around people, so. Mm-hmm. It's such a good feeling to be, like, um, self-sufficient. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just confident on being on your own and stuff too, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us, what are some of your goals? Um, so at the moment, it's my goal is to obviously um, go full-time at work, find a job, which I love my job at the moment. I would love to step up. And that's something that I'm putting a lot of my energy and effort into at the moment, um, making sure I'm doing all the training and all of that, just refreshing my mind and everything. Um, and I'm, I work in an amazing work environment, so I'm very lucky in that regard. Um, with my eating, it's going out and socialising a little bit more. Um, 
it has been quite hard lately because I'm only still allowed to eat specific foods, something that's hard. I can't have toast, pizza, or anything like that because it will cause harm and distress on um, my mouth and the recovery and everything too. Right. Um, so yeah, just didn't like making sure I'm fully recovered from that and still going out and um, or trying to and not stressing over it as well and just build up strength and obviously keep putting on a little bit more weight. I am happy where I'm at. I'm like back to where I probably was before I got really sick. But yeah, I still do want to put on a bit more size. Mm. Slowly. <laughs> Baby steps still with that, but we are getting there. And yeah, just... I don't know. I'm look. I'm really looking forward just to saving up for America. I might even prolong that trip and make it a six week one instead of a three week trip, which would be amazing. Um, and yeah, just making sure I am catching up with family and friends and enjoying their company as well. So not so fixated on food or yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I think I it guess. is just so freaking amazing to hear you speak about this. So candidly because it's like what you said when you deny it it's really easy to pretend there's like not a problem whereas now you're like you know struggle going out to eat food and honestly you do not even realize how much of a huge realization that is to be able to say that so honestly it means that you're actually admitting to it and that is just going to be like the catalyst for you taking the next step and continually pushing what's comfortable continually reaching your edge so I'm so excited for you and so proud. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask you just three rapid fire questions to wrap things up. But was there any like last little piece of advice that you wanted to to leave all the lovely listeners with before we go into those rapid fire questions? I think just focus on like my biggest thing was focusing on those who were supporting me from day one, mm-hmm. um, even before I even started going downhill with my eating people were there to support me and I pushed them away but my biggest thing is don't push your family and closest friends away who are there for you um listen to them understand where they're coming from as well and try and put yourself in their shoes and if you are like suffering and you've hit rock bottom don't be afraid to reach out as scary as it is it's like it's so important if it's a random, just reach out to them. If it, you mm-hmm. like, if you know that in, they've had those kind of issues before and they've overcome them, reach out to them and ask them. Don't be afraid to do that. That's my biggest advice. So yeah, and I can say you definitely yeah. did that because you reached out to me and we started chatting and then we kind yeah. of went from there. And something yeah. I think that is such good advice. Something that I would love to add on to that as well is like when you get really focused on getting one person's validation, you kind of forget that there are people messaging you and you forget to respond to them. So just like now take a think about it and be like, why am I focusing so much energy into this one person that isn't really giving me what I want? And how can I pour the love back into people that are already there and waiting for me? Like what am I waiting for? You know what I mean? Like allow yourself to don't feel like, oh, well, I'm not worthy of that or it's not good enough because it truly is. And I can guarantee that there are always people there for you. You're just sometimes not um, aware of it because you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're so focused on another person. Yeah. And one person does not dictate your worth. And that's what I felt. I felt like this one person was like dictating how mm-hmm. worthy or unworthy I was and I had to try and step it up. But that's not true. So yeah, <laughs> yeah do not ever that. think that some, like one singular person can dictate who, dictate who you are. Because yeah, yeah, definitely not true. <laughs> it's not true. And you know what? If someone wants to see you, you will know. So if someone's yeah. not giving you their energy, just move on because there are so many freaking people in the world, and you will find the right person. But you will not find the right person if you are putting all of your energy onto trying to get someone's attention. Yeah, really doesn't want it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, very true. 
Yeah. So let's go into rapid fire. We just have three questions. The first question is, yeah. what is your favorite food? So if you could eat anything right now, oh, I know, I know. you've got some limitations, but if you could eat anything, what would you eat now? Chicken parma. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for like two years and I still can't get myself to do it. Um, but I will. This year I, I will do it. I don't care what anyone says. Sorry, it's um, March. Get in there. I know. I know it's not so quick. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, second food. Oh, no, it's just one. Oh, is it just one? No, yeah, it's just one. There's there's three questions. Yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah, so the next question is, what's something that you're working on within yourself to improve at the moment? Self-love and care. I think it's really important. Like, for me, I, especially with work, and I'm still out of routine with work because I am a casual getting shift work. For me, it's trying to make time to do things I love, like go to Pilates, which I have been doing. It's going to the gym, but not um, going to the gym for the wrong reasons anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, and that's kind of like, it's such a load off my chest. Like you're actually going to the gym to enjoy it. I agree. It and going out for what, like walks and everything and getting into nature. It's something that me and my brother have done a like, goal setting for. Um, and yeah, just trying, yeah, definitely self-love and care trying to build that up again that's been a massive goal for ages but yeah yeah, ticking boxes along the way which is amazing I mean it's always a goal right you never just reach self-love and you're like I'm out (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) to keep working on and my last question to you is what does it mean to you to have a peaceful body I guess it's to love yourself in every aspect of your life whether you're 15 years old and just enjoying life 50 years old just like feeling confident really like content and comfortable with who you are as a person inside and out freaking beautiful yeah. I love yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. okay well I obviously would love to keep talking to you we'll keep talking anyway because we're best <laughs> um but that was freaking amazing thank you for coming on and I know this was like such a big step for you so I just like yeah. want to acknowledge how freaking proud I am of you like I'm not just saying thank that I'm just you. literally like sitting here being like oh my god I know how much of a big deal this is for you and yeah. I want you to keep pushing the edge. Like I know you've got so much potential to offer and I know that your story is literally so inspiring to so many people. Yeah. So. I only just Thank started as well. There's going to be plenty more later on. <laughs> there were whispers of a, a blog journey. potentially. A pardon? There were whispers of a blog. Is that right? Yeah, maybe. I maybe. don't know. Just, I don't know yet. We'll see I how you go. Yeah. Like when you go through a big experience like that, like I know for me with my disordered eating, there was this real pull in me to share it for some reason. And it was really scary, but I feel like you really just want to share that experience because it really does shape you and it teaches you so much. So it is honestly, it's like, you know, that saying like your mess is your message. So thank you for sharing and thank you for reading. I really appreciate it. And yeah. Thank you for having me. (laughs) 